What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to the Cold Seat Podcast, where the seats are cold, but it takes our hot. We've got Mock Draft Monday 3.0 coming at you guys today. We're going to have a little bit of a different twist on it this week. Um, usually, the, per- the first two mock drafts we did, I had the odds, Brett had the evens. First week, we did trades. Last week, we did no trades. We're going to run it back with a mock draft. We can do trades if we want to. Obviously, we're going to do the mock. You know, We didn't pre-record, you know, pre-pick the mock. This is kind of live, organic on the pod. Um, feel like we get some better context and con- and um, you know kind of conversation that way about these picks. But feel like there's a trade that can be made. We will be doing that this week. And the big thing is we're switching up the picks. Brett's picking for the odds. I'm picking for the evens. Um, and this is more of a predictive mock. I know we talked about kind of later on maybe do what we would do what we would do mock. Um, you're probably slotting in at mock draft uh, five since next week might be a second round mock off of this one. And then the sixth round mock will kind of be our final predictive collaborative mock of what we think will happen being it'll be the Monday before the draft, which is crazy that we're already on 3.0 already uh, recording this on April 2nd, which is wild that it come out, comes out on April 3rd. Um, you know, time's flying by. Um, but before we get started, like I said, I kind of cover the differences in this week's mock. Um, I don't know if, I don't think Brett's got any changes to his uh, big board or his positional rankings. I've got a few here. So I'll kind of run through them and then I'll, t- I'll highlight them each individually real quick. But um, I moved Drew Sanders to linebacker one, uh, moving down Jack Campbell to two, just kind of flopped them there. Um, Keanu Benton up to IDL four, uh, surpassing Siaki Ika for me, dropping him to number five. There's kind of flopped there. Um, I've got Jackson Smith and Jigba and Lucas and Van Ness and moved up on my big board. I've got some kind of big overall big board changes, so I'll get into those in a minute. Um, I kind of shuffled the edge group a little bit. Um, Got my hands on small 22 tape, and I'm sure we'll kind of talk about that. Maybe find a time to do, uh, you know, kind of a uh, a relook at some of these rankings. Obviously, we're going to talk about why we changed them, but maybe a little bit deeper dive into some of these guys. Um, but I got some hands, my hands on small 22 tape. I uh, was able to watch the, ed, the kind of the uh, the second tier of edge guys being Nolan Smith, Lucas Van Ness, and Miles Murphy, at least for me. Reorganized my group a little bit. Obviously, there's big board changes as well, but um, Nolan Smith is on my edge three. Lucas Van Ness now on edge four. Miles Murphy now my edge five. Kind of dropped him down. Moved those guys up a little bit. Um, uh, Darnell Wright and Anton Harrison have flopped at my tackle four and five, making Anton or Anton Harrison now tackle five. Worth Darnell Wright at tackle four. And then my top my top twenty five big board kind of shuffled a little bit. Um, the big moves is that I've got Jackson Smith and Jigba at eight now overall, jumped into the top ten. I've got Lucas Van Ness and Nolan Smith. They both made a big jump after watching the All-22 film. I've got Lucas Van Ness in the top 20 now at number 19 and Nolan Smith at 17. Um, dropped Miles Murphy out. Dropped Brian Brzee out. Um, anything else I've really got in here? I don't, I don't think I've got anything crazy in here. I've got Anthony Richardson kind of in my top 25 here. Um other than that, we haven't really gone over our big boards yet. We'll probably do that the last, you know, the last week before the draft. Um, we kind of made our final chances, but just kind of some big moves there. Also, Darnell, Darnell right into my top 25, actually at number 20 there. So technically a top 20 player for me. But other than that, this kind of wraps up our changes. I'll let Brett kind of add any um, commentary before we get started here, and then we'll uh, kick off the mock draft this week. Yeah, for sure. Excited to get mock draft Monday 3.0 um, started here in a second. I don't have any changes to my big board or my positional rankings in the past week. Um, I probably look into that second grouping of edges, like you said. And then other than that, I don't foresee any changes um, with my board. I might might look at IOL again, but I feel pretty good about that. Um, but other than that, I think for the most part I should be set. Um, but big board probably will change a few different spots, um, you know, in the coming weeks leading up to the draft. So might have some, you know, next week to mention on that. Um, but for right now, I don't. 
I'm just I'm excited to get this going. Um, third edition of the mock draft, uh, my favorite part of the week. Recording the mock drafts, um, getting them out and seeing all the different scenarios that could go down. And like you said, uh, I'm doing the odds this week. You're doing the evens. And we are implementing trades into this mock um, that will further affect our mocks as next week we're going to have the second round to this first round mock um so you know if your team's not picking in the first round like the rams um i was going to say like the browns but they traded their pick to the jets for elijah moore so they have an extra third but they do not have a first or second now um may i'll get it started here so first pick in the draft Belongs to the Carolina Panthers, obviously traded up from nine with Chicago to acquire that pick. And I'm going to go with CJ Stroud. I think it's the most likely pick for them. And regardless of if it's Stroud or Bryce, I think either one will be just fine for him. So I'm sticking with Stroud. I know we went with him um, in the first edition of the mocks. I'm going back to him here. Yeah. I mean, he's the odds on Vegas favorite. Um, you know, frankly, we <laughs> it's kind of interesting. We have no idea. Like, I, I got, the word is the Panthers don't even know. And they could be they could be holding that. I mean, I, there's no they have no reason to tell anybody about it. Um, You know, I kind of don't want to spend too much time hanging, lingering on a bunch of these picks. But I'll linger on this one a little bit. And it's kind of one of two guys. But, um, you know, the, the thought process behind them, I think really no reason to to tip this pick is because, you know, if they feel like there's not a gap between Bryce and CJ and they don't really have a preference or if they have a small preference and, um, you know, frankly, if that preference is uh, worth less than a second or third round pick, they're inclined to move back with the Houston Texans and just flop picks. If, the te- if they get wind, the Texans are in love with Bryce or in love with CJ. And it sounds like it's the the first option in love with Bryce. If they get word of that and they're like, man, like, do you think H- like Houston could flop, give up, give us a third and flop with us? I'm pulling that trigger every time if I'm Carolina and with the caveat that, Hey, like if I'm the Carolina, I am perfectly fine with either quarterback. Now, if I was Carolina, like I wouldn't be, but I also haven't done, I haven't, frankly, I'm not going to do a deep dive on these guys, eval on these guys. I'm going to do a deep dive on receivers, tight ends and edge guys. I'm not probably not going to get into quarterbacks like that. Cause that's just not what I got. I have limited time to do that kind of stuff. And I'm not going to spend it on quarterbacks at this point. Um, but I mean, it's it's whatever the Panthers are comfortable with, and if they feel like, um, you know, they can, they, there's no reason to tip the pick if they feel like they're comfortable with both, they might as well just hold on to it and, um, and wait and see what they can kind of if they can leverage that into getting back to two and get another pick. If not, they'll be happy to stick and pick at one and take Bryce or CJ. And in, in this in this kind of scenario, we go CJ, and um, yeah, I think that's great. And um, like I said, he's the Aussie, he's the Vegas favorite for it, so I don't I don't, I don't hate it. Um. I think it's, again, very likely on draft night, but that leaves me with an easy pick at number two. Um, kind of just going with uh, kind of playing off Brett here at number one. Going to go with Bryce Young for the Houston Texans. Again, pretty easy. Um, you know, again, I think it's um, pretty straightforward for all these teams. It's just for the two teams at the top, it's whatever quarterback is that you like better or the Texans. It's, um, you know, whoever's left. So um, the word is that they that they like Bryce better. I don't I don't know if that's true or not, but that's kind of been the word. So if they do, great. They luck out here. If they don't, they get a great quarterback and Bryce Young um, and there's their QB too, and they keep it pushing here. Yeah, I like it. Uh, about what we expected for them, obviously with these two guys going one and two, we just don't know what order yet. Yeah. Number three, we got the Arizona Cardinals. Um, you know they have a bunch of different needs, but I think 
one need, and we've we've given a Will Anderson the past two weeks, um, and that's arguably the biggest need being an edge defender. But does Arizona want to move out with Indy? They want to flop. I was thinking of it, but I don't know if Indy ends up doing it. Just because I think Indy does. I'll tell you why. Flopping from three to five is no different than going from three to four. And I there is serious. I listened to Mina Kimes talk this week about the Seattle, and she's play as if if any media member is plugged in with Seattle, it's her. And she thinks there's a legitimate chance that they want a quarterback. They've met with all of them. I just think er, everyone kind of er, everyone knows Arizona wants out. In their case, like we talked about for a long time with the Bears, I always thought the Bears didn't want to move out of the top four so they could get Carter or, or Anderson. Now it feels like they've pivoted. They spent a bunch of money on defense, and they said, you know what, we're fine taking an offensive player. Their best, you know, honestly, the, the best skill or, or the best non-quarterback offensive player taken at nine. They seem pretty content to do that if that's what if that's what they get, right? So I just I wonder if Arizona is sitting there going, man, we don't want to get out of you know the top four or five, but they want to get an extra pick because that because frankly, that's one that's maybe the worst it's the worst defense in football on paper. I don't think it's close right right now. Now at this pick, it's different, but maybe the worst defense on the, in the league on paper, especially especially the front. They they need to get more than just this pick. Begs the question, what does Indy give up? How desperate is our Ballard and Ursa? Right. I mean, I don't think when you look at it, just going up one pick, I don't know if I'm trying to think because essentially I don't know if the, Indy, the, the only reason they do it is because that they, if they feel like there's a massive gap between QB three and four and they're like, man, I don't I don't want to let Seattle or Detroit go get them. It's a preventative move. Right. 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 But. I don't know. I, I, Arizona wants out of this pick so bad, it sounds like. Like, they're actively shopping That's it, true. which is why I say here, you know, do can they? we didn't do it in Mach 1. We didn't do it, in, obviously, not in Mach 2. I just think this is such a realistic opportunity. I don't know. It's Again, you control Arizona, so it's up to you. You can you can you know have me make you an offer, or if you just want to play hardball and say no, that's that's fine. I just think this is a conversation that we want. I wanted us to have that Arizona really wants out, and I think there's a legitimate possibility that five and six could go. You know, especially Detroit at six with they've got what two first two seconds. So you're saying if they want if Indy, they want Richardson, they'll go get him right here. So Indy picks up the phone to ensure that nobody jumps them for QB three, and which which I think is Richardson. I think it's pretty. Right. I think it's I think it's pretty clear that that's what it is now. I think everyone's kind of come to that conclusion collectively. Um, right. So yeah, I, I just think that again, like if I'm sitting here, if Detroit wants a quarterback and if they want Richardson, what's stopping them from getting him? They have two seconds and two firsts. And it's not like 18 yeah. a bad, 18 a really good pick. I don't know. It, I, I think what it would probably take Indy giving up. If so, if, if you're the, if you're, I'm not. I don't know. I, I'm. I don't remember the, the new GM's name. But if I'm Ballard and I call you up, or Ballard and Ursay for that matter, and I call you up and I say, "Hey, a three and a four. What do you are you are you pushing for a two? Or I mean, it's your call. Are you taking? Or are you pushing for a two? So I have the third. 
I'm thinking I probably want a two, and I can give you back a four. Deal. Done. Easy. No question. So, I'll give because the because the, the four is I can get my four back and I can recoup some value. And if right. I really so want to get back up in the second round, I can trade. So I can. It almost checks out. So it'd be four and thirty-five for three and one hundred five. Yeah. Is what I'm looking I mean, at that's, here. That's that's perfect. Yeah. I was looking at the day, that sounds almost perfect on the trade chart because I remember looking at it, you know, what two days ago or whatever. Right. Just because I knew I knew we had this coming. Like I knew we were going to have this. It's we a have this, this hair, conversation. It's about a little in Indy's favor. Um, so then I'll throw in a, I'll throw in a five next year, just to pay the premium for or. Or just don't give me a four. Give me a five instead. Because I'm, pay- you know, screw it. If if it's a hang up for you guys, just a two and that's it. Oh, I'll give you the two. No, I, I can do I don't four. Need I think. Return. I think that'll make more sense. Because the difference is four hundred, five fifty, so it's one fifty. So you're looking at Arizona giving a fourth yeah. in return. I will say, Indy. How did Indy lose their third? Where's their third round pick this year? I don't even know. I'm it's not going to. Seventy nine. No, no, that's Washington's pick though. Where's their third? Oh yeah, that's true. That should uh, be like in Wentz. the sixties. Not a Wentz. Oh, it is Wentz. Uh, no, it is Wentz. No, no, you're right. It, or yeah, it is Wentz, isn't it? No, that was who was that pick? Oh, is it Gilmore? No, they got like a fifth. No, it's not Gilmore. No, no, I'm thinking that they traded for Gilmore. Ooh, it might be. We really should be looking at this beforehand, but I, I know I didn't. So I don't know where their pick went. That's a great question. Well, so four thirty-five, four and thirty-five in exchange for three and what's that? One sixty-eight. It was a. That's a comp four. Uh, four and thirty-five for three. And because 168 is a comp, isn't that a comp five, like a late five? Because I'm pretty sure Arizona yeah, moved their fifth rounder. Well, four and 35 for three and 105. Or do you want to I mean, do that's later? Fi- that's fine with me. That works. Yeah, you're. I'm the one calling you. So. Right. You know what I mean? I'm the one. I'm the one picking up the phone. I lose leverage here. Yeah, I think I mean, Indy Indy can't miss. Ursa doesn't Ursa doesn't want to pay Lamar. Right. Right. Like that's their alternative is we're gonna deal with Lamar or get Levis. And I'm man, tough. I'd rather I'd rather take Hooker at 35 and take Levis at four. It, I mean every time. All right. So we're doing three and one oh five for four and thirty-five. Yes, sir. All right. Let me just force this through on my area. All right. Uh, so that means I control Indy here at, at three. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take Richardson. This is easy. If I'm moving up, I'm getting Richardson. Um, they need it. They, frankly, they can't afford to not get him. Um, if they're moving up for him. And so this, this is a byproduct of a couple of things. Number one, the NFL sounds really low 
Uh, it sounds like everyone's pretty low on Levis, and I just don't think that Indianapolis is going to be comfortable just sitting there and I don't know if you. The other thing I think about is, imagine you put Richardson in that backfield, and you want to read option that in that stake in that stake in offense, and you go, man. I gotta take I gotta take quarterback or I gotta take running back. That's terrifying. All right. Terrifying. Right. So um it's gonna be Richardson here. It's pretty easy. Um All right. And yeah, I, that, like I said, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make it too crazy here. It's Richardson. Right, yeah. I mean jump in the spot to make sure they get him. Um I like it. Um just looking at Arizona here at four. I mean, I'm gonna go with Will Anderson. They get the top defender they want. They don't have to, you know, fight with anyone. They have the pick. And don't think they trade it trade down again, risking that they lose one of the top couple defenders. Um so yeah, I'm gonna stick with that. Um looking at number five here, Seattle Seahawks. They have this pick from Denver and the Russell Wilson trade. Thinking about what to do here, um, you look at the past two weeks. Two weeks ago, we gave him Jalen Carter, and last week, Will Levis. Thinking about what they could do, honestly, a lot of different ways they could go about this. Um, Looking at the board, we have, obviously, Jalen Carter, Tyree Wilson. I don't know if they do go Levis. Um, I mean, they have every defender they want other than Will. So I'm leaning towards Tyree. Now, I don't yeah. know if they, if all of them are on board with it, but. if I think, I think Tyree would be the pick here. Especially, I think it plays another scenario out too. Right. The way have That's done. true. All right, so I'll go. I'll go Tyree at five. Plus, four, uh, when I look at when I look at when I look at that group of what's it gonna be? Chenoweth, Boye Mafe, Draymond Jones, Tyree Wilson is kind of like that core four edge group where you kind of rotate through. I like the versatility of Draymond Jones and Tyree Wilson on the same defensive line because those two guys can both both big enough to kind of move inside. Obviously, Draymond's a little smaller, but I think he's about you know what six three. Um, but I like the versatility oh, yeah. that they kind of bring to the table and the variability that they can line up in. Um, so I like I like the looks they can give teams. Um, you know, I think this is, again, when you look at the guys that Seattle's taken in the past, I think you, that's, the traits stick out, right? It's, it's, the, it's the unique physical guys that the – you know, obviously I think last year was a little bit – they kind of went – they went – they course corrected to making what seemed like just the right picks. Um, and I think this is a kind of a combination of both. I think when, like on my big board, Tyree's at five and Jalen's at six because I, when I compare the off-field stuff between Will and and Tyree to Jalen, I mean it, it's it's night and day, right? Like I have no concerns about Will Anderson and Tyree Wilson. I have zero, none. If anything, I'm concerned that they're spending too much time doing the right thing off the field. You know what I mean? Like they're 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 doing too much time. You know, it, it seems like Will. I mean, I, I know, I know, we both know that Tyree did a lot of stuff, you know, in the community in Lubbock, and um, was more than just a football player. Did a lot of recruiting. Did a lot of good for the program. 
I think Will did a lot of the same, a lot of leadership. It's, um, you know, hey, man, get in the tape a little bit. So um, obviously that's not how that actually goes. But I just I think that the off the field stuff checking out to the fullest degree with Tyreek is going to kind of push Seattle in more of a direction with him rather than Jalen. Um, but it's six here with the Detroit Lions. It's, it's an interesting spot. Again, we've talked at length about how they've kind of set themselves up to make this pick whatever they feel like is the right thing to do. Um, Cause they've kind of spent, they spent on defense. They got, they, they spent on the edge. They got, they signed some D linemen that they spent in, in, in the corner room. Um, and so I'm kind of stumped here almost because there were some less than stellar remarks from Brad Holmes, just some not, not glowing things to say about Jalen Carter. And I don't know if that's um, smoke. I don't know if that's legitimate. Like it could be anywhere in between. So I look at the board here and I kind of go, well, where could they, where could they pivot to if they don't want Jalen? And when I look at the DB room, I go, you know, I know that they signed Cam Sutton. I know they've got Jeff Okuda still, but I, I frankly, they're not. I don't think they're picking up Okuda's option. Do you? I did. Did they it's get? It's going to be uh, expensive. Gardner Johnson. They did, but he's going to play a slot safety you know he's gonna play he's gonna play the role he played in philly which is kind of a right. box db in a box db in base and then slot you know a nickel roll but i look at this and i go they've got to pick it at 18 and there's a guy that i think that 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 i could get for them at 18 when i look at this board and i go you know i i don't know if this guy's going to be picked there and there are other players they could go with in the edge room so I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Christian Gonzalez here just because I I, I the comments made surrounding the Jalen Carter situation and the off just off field issues in general made by Brad Holmes this week I don't love him I don't love how it kind of bodes for for Jalen and I think if there's gonna be a fall six is one of those spots where if he falls past six he may fall past a little further so um I'm gonna go Gonzalez here I'm gonna give him a really good corner room. Basically, what they need is an abundance of DBs in that division. Because guess what? The Bears are getting better at receiver. Uh, we we know the absolute monster that's, that, that's up in Minnesota in Justin Jefferson. I know that I have a receiver too right now, but I think that a widely viewed pick for them at 23, if you're not taking Hen and Hooker, which we can talk about later, is a receiver to, to pair with Jefferson. So um, getting another DB in that room. I, again, I don't think Okuda's back in Detroit. I think it was a bad fit from the from the jump. Um, so I think Gonzalez comes in and use parts from day one, and it gives them a lot of versatility to kind of move wherever they want to. Um, whether he's, he's my corner one, he's your corner one. I think he's, I think they're going to like him better from a physical profile standpoint. Um, than they will, whether it's going to be a little bit smaller, a year older, um, yada, 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 whatever. Although I do think the mentality that Dan Campbell would love it. I just think overall, Christian Gonzalez makes more of sense for them as a pick, um, a little more versatile, I think, in the, at the next level. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, you know, I think six is kind of the ceiling for where we'll see these corners start to go. And I think Great. it makes perfect sense for Detroit to add another corner, a true outside corner to that defense to kind of solidify the roles of those guys on the back end. Um, you know, it does also provide depth, even though he'll be a starter. It allows guys that would start now become depth pieces, which is always an underlooked thing, I think. Um, but looking at pick number seven, got the Las Vegas Raiders on the board. 
And the first week we had him taking Devon Witherspoon. Last week we had him taking Speeder, Speeder, Peter Skaronski. And I really like that Skaronski pick. It's one that I'm thinking about for this week. Um, but just thinking about it, they could use a quarterback. But they have yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo, and I don't think you can take a quarterback this year with the way Garoppolo's deal is. Um, so I think they probably wait till next year. They'll probably be picking around 12 if I had to guess. So maybe they could get one next year. Um, thinking about where else to go, I definitely think they're a team that could take Carter here. Um, some we haven't thought too much about. They could definitely use Jalen Carter. But I'm just trying to figure out what else I would want to do. There's no way they're taking like, – there's no chance in hell they're taking Jalen Carter after the Henry Ruggs thing. There's just no way. That's – I, I, I think they, they can't do it. They, they can't. Because it's such a liability. That they did take him off their board, but I don't think – like I don't know I how think that's legit, legit that is. I think it's legit. Dude, if it was any other team – if it, if it wasn't if the Henry Ruggs thing didn't happen, I would say it's probably BS. But dude, the Hen like, I don't know. I don't think they're taking another first round pick with with that that incident. It, like, listen, if it's like a if it's like a hey, he cussed out a professor or, or whatever, which is still not good. That's you can mitigate or like he gotten you know he. He sold crab legs to use the the Jameis example. Not that that's a good thing, and I'm not saying Jameis was a phenomenal off the off the field either, but that's a little different for for Vegas than 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 what happened with Rugs, which is he's literally in prison because he because he tragically killed somebody in a car accident doing what Jalen Carter did. I just I don't know. I, I don't think they can do it. Listen, they need the talent. They they do. They they are they desperately need the blue chip talent on that defense. I just don't think that they can, from a risk standpoint. I don't think they can do it. I don't think they're going to either. I don't know. If you think they do, we can go with it. But I just don't think that that would be something that they would be interested in at all. I think I think they definitely would have to think about it. I don't know if that's the direction they go, but I think. If they're like, are if they already have Carter off their board, you look at their last six drafts. I think out of like the seven or eight first round picks that they've had, the only one still on the team is Josh Jacobs. And while he's been really good I will, for them, I will say new regime. That was a like the basically the rumor was, and this got basically Gruden would show up for the for day one, make the pick and leave, and Mayock was kind of like. I, I, I will say that the regime change should bring some better draft picks to this group because it sounds like Mayock and Gruden were just kind of in there for day one and they didn't really care after that, which led to some – I mean, dude, Cleveland Farrell at four. Ruggs at, a, Ruggs at 12 was a reach. And then you look at just the rest of the picks they made, um, Jonathan Abram, like guys like that. It's just – I do think that they're going to get better with their draft picks with the new regime and McDaniels. But, um, yeah, no, but – but you get back to your original point that the first round picks have not been good. Right. And then I think if they don't have Carter on their board wanting to hit on a pick, I think they're thinking of, all right, what do we do if Carter's here and, you know, the main guys we're looking at are gone. I think it's between Witherspoon or Skaronsky. And I know we took them the past two weeks, but I don't think they would go receiver that nor should they, 
um, just in terms of guys that could possibly go this early. And like I said, we're ruling out Carter and Levis. So really, that's I mean, that's really it in terms of guys that could go here. Yeah. Now, I mean, I guess it's a new group, but I would say they could maybe take, you know, a receiver, but I don't think they would with this new group. Um, they don't they don't they don't. It's it's rich at seven for them. They right. The JSN profile is very similar to what Devontae does. Not He's not Devontae Adams, but like from a for pro think about the guys that Renfro and, and Devontae, neither of them are burners. And they profile similar to JSN, what he with what right. he wins with. I don't think, and I'm I'm not touching any other receiver this early. And they paid Jacoby Myers as well. That's yeah, yeah. And they and they they extended Renfro. I know they lost Waller, but the deep tight end class they can they can replace pass catcher and I'll lump them together pass catcher later on. I feel like. Right. Yeah, so I'm gonna go Witherspoon here. Yeah, I was gonna say it. It really is the question of do you want to protect Jimmy or get the blue chip defensive talent to go match up with. What you know, Kansas City is going to have a great receiver room regardless of who is actually there because of Patton and Reed. You've got Mike and Keenan in Los Angeles and maybe a first round pick, and you've got Cortland, Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. I mean, it's hell to see that receiver, that receiver group in that division you know, six times a year. So I, I think Witherspoon's a great pick for them, and um, I, I I like the Iowa class late earlier in the second round, but they go get a guy later. Yeah, I do too. Um, I think that'll make more sense for them. I don't know exactly where all their picks are. But I'm going Witherspoon at seven. Um, yeah, we'll see what Atlanta does at eight. Yeah. Um, Atlanta at eight is interesting to me. Um, you know, Levis is kind of staring them in the face. But that said, I don't think that they need... I don't think that they, like, they seem very bought in on Desmond Ritter, oddly enough. Um, you know, so <laughs> and they they signed Heineke, right? Yes, they did. Yeah, they signed. Yeah. Because yeah. Um, I, I, I said but I said Tampa last week, but I was wrong. It was I, was, I misspoke for Baker. They signed Heineke to considerable money. He's going to be a backup. And they and apparently they're bought in on Desmond Ritter for at least another year. So I kind of I, I just kind of sit here and question what they do. Obviously Carter's there. Again, I, I don't know if they'd take Carter. They've got a soft spot for Georgia guys. I believe Jalen's from Atlanta. Is he is he not from the state of Georgia? I believe just outside of Atlanta. Um, yeah, or he's from Florida, but he's from the okay. South, which they like guys from Florida and Georgia and Alabama and whatever. He played at Georgia. They have a relationship with Kirby. So I, I I think he's there. I think he's question on the on the board for them there as a, as a kind of a potential option. Um, Brian Branch, a player from the state of Georgia, is also. I know it's probably early for him. I just I'm gonna throw his name out there. Um, Nolan Smith is it would be in their picture. I think Miles Murphy, Luis Venez are both there. And then I kind of go to Jackson Smith and Jigba, and I want to kind of get your thoughts here. I wouldn't hate how you, it. How do, you, um, how do you feel about JSN here? Because I understand I, I'm it not, completely. I don't want to take him at 12 again. You have to remember they're getting a second and a fifth rounder back for Calvin Ridley. And I think they, they can afford to take this swing here. If they're truly bought into Ritter, I think this would make sense. Now, my last thought before I would take him is, would anyone realistically want to trade up for Levis or Carter? 
I don't think anyone's moving up for Carter. I don't think the NFL trades gives up assets to take that risk. I think NFL teams are saying if he falls to us, great. If not, I don't want to move up for him. That at least that that's my read on the situation right now. Kind of, I, be, right. I mean, listen, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts. You know, when I'm at work, you know, that HEB for however many hours, I'm always listening to podcasts. So when I'm doing homework, I got background noise on doing podcasts. I'm at the gym, a lot of podcasts. You know, taking the dog for a walk, doing cardio at the gym. What you know, whatever it might be, I'm trying to listen to a lot of podcasts, just taking information about the draft because I'm just so, you know, I want to have be, be informed for the pod. I just want to, you know, I'm I love this class. And the draft process is obviously our favorite time of the year. And so I'm just trying to take a lot, a lot of data and, and info. And the, what, the way that everyone's talking about it, it feels like it's a thing of like, hey, if Carter's there and a team wants him, they'll take him. But the read, the kind of the read on the room that I'm that I'm kind of getting is teams are very hesitant to make that investment early in this class when they feel like there are needs that can be addressed with, listen, the corner, corner, tackle, quarterback, and, and corner are the, you know, four of the five most premium positions in the in, in the NFL are loaded in this year's class. And I feel like Carter could suffer because of that. So if I'm here with Atlanta, A, and, and we're dragging on with this pick, and, you know, the way this board fell, Tyree's gone, both both the top two corners are gone. I don't know if this is early enough for Porter. I know some love him as, like, CB1, and I, and I like Porter a lot. He's a top 10 player for me. I think he's, like, 10 or 11. I just don't know for Atlanta, are they taking Porter? I think he's 10, if he's 11. If Porter, but like for Porter Jr., like are they taking another corner here if it's not a top eight player? I don't know. Right. Um, you when I think there's other things like so. My thought process with JSN was if they're really bought on bought in on Ritter, let's load up the offense. The O line is actually pretty solid. If they feel like they want a guard, they could. I guess they could take Skaronski. I just don't know if I'm taking him to play guard at eight. It just seems rich. Um, I don't I don't hate their tackle group entirely. So for me, it comes down to load up the receiver room for either Ritter or Heineke or the quarterback next year. Or it's Skaronsky and I get the offensive line better. A sleeper pick here. And I'll add a context and I'll let you kind of talk and we'll, we'll wrap this pick up. Is Bijan. And I and I don't th- I don't think I, I wouldn't take a running back. He's he's no, the number one player on my board. I wouldn't I personally wouldn't take him here at eight. But I've said before the NFL. I think he's going to be drafted earlier than we all think he should. Like you and I both agree he's not a top ten pick. Philly at ten I can get behind only because Philly's got they have the they have the luxury to do so. All and right. just the trump card that their offense would be. But I just I know that the NFL the historical data tells me they're they're going to draft him earlier than we think. I just think it's an option. Now, I'm not going to go with him. I'm going to I'm I'm. What do you think, JSN or Skronsky? I want your opinion here. I thought about because I was right after I did the Vegas pick, I was thinking about who he might take, and I was thinking JSN. I I thought about Skronsky, but I think at the end of the day, JSN would make the most sense. Um, you Real know, I quick, think that's did probably. They, didn't they just give Chris Lindstrom a bag? They did, yeah. They did, yeah. It's JSN, I, yeah. I, as I, as the wheels are turning, and I, you said that, I said, you know what? They just paid Chris Lindstrom, didn't they? I was thinking about their roster. They just paid him, and they're not drafting yeah, a guard. They just get, they just gave Lindstrom that stupid. It was a stupid bag. 
I believe it was five years, 105, so 21 a year. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> They're taking, I'm taking Jason there with them for them. Hey, my bad. Yeah, I like that. I, I That's probably the ceiling for a receiver to go. Yeah. I mean, unless. I mean, he's clear some, cut wide receiver one. Listen, right. the four, the four, basically a four, five flat. It was four, four, eight to four, five, two was like the range. Split it and call it four, five. Plenty fast for me. How much is plenty fast for me for a guy who from Steve Smith Jr. has got a PhD in route running? <laughs> Steve Smith yeah. Jr. Senior knows his stuff. That's all I'm saying. So that's true. I like it. Um, we're up here at number nine with the Chicago Bears with the pick they acquired from Carolina, trading down from number one to number nine. Jalen Carter's here, obviously. The Jalen Carter thing went down about March 3rd, and Chicago made this trade to trade down from number one on March 10th, I believe it was. So they knew this was a possibility, I think, trading down, that they could still get Carter, who, you know, they probably would have taken it one had this not happened with Carter. Um, so it's definitely a really strong possibility. You also probably think about some kind of offensive lineman. You could think about Paris Johnson Jr. I do think it's a little bit early, but at the end of the day, if they like him, they like him at tackle. A lot of people thought they would have addressed tackle and free agency, but they haven't to this point. They have a, I believe they're picking the second round is at 53. So I don't know if you get a tackle, you're really wanting to, you know, start day one there, especially at a premium position like left tackle or right tackle honestly they need either i think if they stay at nine it's between and this is the board obviously it's probably between carter or paris johnson jr uh what do you think um so i I think if i won't push back on carter here actually i i think um the only reason i do it at seven frankly is because of what happened with rugs um but at nine, I think I got obviously Carter's available. He's in play. It's it, for us, Skronsky was tackle three. I don't know how you feel when it was guard. I think he's an all pro guard. Um, the question becomes, where do they see Tevin Jenkins playing in the future? And how much do they like their left tackle I'm blanking on? And I was listening to the bootleg football guys, um, EJ and, and Brett Coleman, um, Coleman, sorry. Yeah, Coleman sounds a little bit better than Coleman. Coleman. Um, but EJ is like a big Bears fan, and he's basically like they apparently they like the left tackle. So I think if you want uh, Roderick's out of the picture, then he's not a right tackle. Parrish can play right, right. tackle. He can also play guard, and Skaronski can, can kind of play everywhere. So the question I'd raise to you is: Do you want Carter, or do you want? O-line versatility, and you want, like, I don't know. I guess the only one thing I want to bring was with, with Skaronsky was, are they, like, do they, how do they feel about their tackles? We don't know. I think it would be Paris, so I'll agree with you. I'll concur. I think it should be Paris here, and I think they might. The only thing I'll say, actually, I will say this. Skaronsky's at Northwestern. It's in Chicago. There's a connection there. But... Um, they may like Paris better as a future left tackle. So I don't know. Um, but I'll say on Carter, 
it, honestly, I don't know with the Bears because obviously Eberflus had Buckner and in, in in Indy, and they're very different players. Uh, DeForest and Jalen are, but they prioritize defense a lot in free agency. They pay it a lot. They spend a lot of money. Um, right. But Ryan Poles being, I don't know. I, I think Poles is going to go trenches here. I just don't know what it is. And I'll let you. Right. Bijan's yeah, available definitely. too, but I, they they can't they they can't take Bijan. They don't they don't have the luxury to do it. Right. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think, like you said, I was thinking about how you know thinking back in their offense season moves, how they didn't address tackle and they spent most of that money on defense outside of yeah what the the DJ Moore contract. So I think I'm probably gonna go Paris here. Just I like it. It'll probably help them the most in terms of next season, obviously helping Justin Fields and better align gives you more time to connect with the weapons you just traded for. So, yep. yep. Um, I think that'll make the most sense for that offense, given Agreed. that they have yep. vets on the defense to bring in a mid round guy and help them develop maybe a little bit quicker. Yeah. And I'll, and I'll also say on Paris, I think he can, he can play right tackle and play guard. You're not losing positional versatility. I think he, I think he slots in better day one, um, kind of wherever, as opposed to you know, the, the field of choices. Um, but I'm up here with the Philadelphia Eagles at 10. And I'll tell you right now, it's between two players, Jalen Carter and B. John Robinson. Daniel Jeremiah had him taking B. John. And I'll say there's significance to that because Daniel Jeremiah may be the most plugged in draft guy in, in, in the entire space in terms of the NFL. He, he always says, he goes, he, I listened to a clip today. He said it, um, you know, I, I rank with my eyes and I, and I mock draft with my ears. And I know this is out of character for Howie, but when was the last time has he ever had a team this loaded? They brought back everyone on defense. They have, they truly have the luxury of taking Bijan. And I will say you brought up a great point with JSN last week. We kind of pivoted from it. Um, and they ended up taking what branch because of the lose just the versatility on the back end, which they love. And I think branch is in play here, but I'll say this new this shift of like, Hey, it's legit. It's a legitimate option for them. Kind of sways me towards like you brought up the Trump card with JSN last week of like, God, that'd be a terrifying receiver room. And it definitely would be because off the board. Think about that offense with Bijan. They, they, they're they're short on running backs. Obviously, they already brought in Rashad Penny. But I mean, dude, Rashad, Rashad Penny's never played a full 17 games or 16 games. He can't he can't stay healthy, and that's not his fault. Running backs take a beating, and the way he the way he the play style he plays with lends itself to injury. With his frame, I just the way that, the way that they run that offense and the way that they utilize the running back position and more than just a as a runner. And the depth that, at which they have on that entire team, they need a, they, they could use a, a third receiver, but I think they can get that later because they have a very they, they are versatile at what they can drag. They could take At Perry later or Cedric Tillman and be just fine because they have two big bodies. Because AJ can move, he can fly. They don't, they're not pigeonholed into taking a a specific build or archetype arc of receiver. If you're building one like a certain certain type of flavor receiver, they're not pigeonholed there. They they have a range with two aliens at wide receiver one and two, really one A and one B. So they're not pigeonholed at receivers, and then they could, they could wait 
and they're they can't take one here now. It's too early. How do you feel about Bijan versus Jalen? Because because if you talk me out of Bijan, I'm taking Jalen. Because I will say with the Eagles, they've not shot away from players with questionable off the field stuff. They're they're not against it. And unless you've read, and you may have heard something different than I have, and what you've kind of consumed in the last week. Fletcher Cox seems like a phenomenal guy for him to season under as a professional. Brandon Graham, too. Right. Here's my thing. Um, Eagles pick it 10 and 30. And I think it'd be smart for them to go running back and D-tackle. Now, do they go this option where they go Bijan at 10 and maybe try to find a you know D-tackle, maybe a front seven guy? at 30 as they lost a couple of inside linebackers or do they go Carter here and Gibbs at 30? Because I think that could make sense for them as well. And, you know, Carter have a great, let's say Carter has a great rookie year. At what point are we going to look back and be like, man, like obviously we know why he fell there, but why didn't more teams take him based off what he did on the field when it's the, it's, it's the Jeff Simmons conversation, right? How did he go right. to Tennessee? I mean, Right. I mean, it's just when are we going to look back where it's not going to really it's going to be seemingly a non-factor for Carter. I think once he gets to the NFL, you know, a whole new world, basically. And I think based off what he is on the field, I feel like he has to be the pick for them, being that with what they lost. I mean, that was really their only defensive loss. And if you take Carter, I mean, obviously yeah. you're projecting yeah. with it, but it's probably an upgrade. So, yeah. Um, no, and I'm probably going to go Carter here. Just opportunity costs alone. Um, and, and you, and you, and you did a great job of illustrating that with, Hey, is it Bijan and maybe can't see at 30 or is it Carter and gives it 30? Um, so I'm going to go Carter, but I, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of add to your, your question of like, when does it become a, a non-factor? Really, we don't know. Like, it could be. It could be a Jeff Simmons thing where it's like Jeff doesn't have any off-the-field issues. Obviously, like, he's not known as the cleanest player on the field. Opposing players hate the guy. Um, But we don't know, right? Like, we we genuinely, we like, it, it, listen, it could get to that point. Or it could get to the point where it's like, man, Carr got taken at 10. He's out of the league because he couldn't get, his, couldn't get his stuff right off the field. So, we don't, again, we don't know. But I think if there's a pl- if there is a place for him to go, there's there is no bet there's one better locker room. There's sorry, there's two better locker rooms to go to. And it's Kansas City because they're a winner, and they have Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and Trav and you know, Chris Jones and, and 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 all these vets. And it's like, hey man, we we're trying to win games here. Like we're not trying to just do whatever. We're trying to win games. We're trying to win Super Bowls. And it's Pittsburgh because I think Mike Tomlin and you're and, and I know I know you hate the Steelers, but Mike Tomlin is that guy. He's the he's the he's not the best mind. He's the best head coach in football. Maybe maybe he's the second best behind Andy Reid right now. He's the best. He's the best leader of men in the NFL without without question. He's the best leader of men in the NFL. And if there's anybody that I that I would put my full faith into correcting someone's off-field behavior, it'd be Mike Tomlin. Third is the third would be the Eagles because that organization is a, is a high standard organization. They've got really, really, really solid vets in there. I go on the offensive side of the ball. Lane Johnson, 
Travis Kelsey off rip. Dallas Goddard, he's done a lot of really good stuff off the field. Um, Jalen's an incredible leader. Did it at Bama, did it at Oklahoma, is doing it at in Philly. Defense side of the ball, you go Fletcher, you go Fletch, you go, you know, Brandon Graham. Shoot, Hassan Reddick's a vet now. Slay's a vet. Slay is a master at his craft. He's a pro's pro at this point. So Brandon Graham is the definition of a guy you'd want to be a mentor, right? I mean, he, he's right. through and through the the picture-perfect NFL veteran. There's a locker room that does it. It's, it, it, it's theirs. Um, I'm going to go Jalen Carter here. And stop the fall again. He could go later than this. He could go earlier than this. But I do think the relative floor is probably 10 with Philly. Yeah, I agree. Um, I just think it's the kind of pick they have to make, just being with all the circumstances. You know, losing. Yeah, they lost a couple guys. Like, obviously, you know, TJ Edwards. Um, well, Har- Hargrave's the big one, right? They, they lose Hargrave, right, Hargrave. especially especially to San Fran. But this is an upgrade. I, as as incredible as a player as, for, as as Hargrave is, if Carter can be on the football field playing football and have nothing wrong in, off the field. This is an upgrade because Carter's that special of a ball player. Yeah, I agree. Um, 11th pick. Trying to think about what the Tennessee Titans want to do here at 11. Seems like they cut everyone. Um, They don't have much of a roster. I'm trying to think what do they want to do for a quarterback that they're probably taking next year. Obviously, Will Levis is there. I don't know if they go Levis just because I don't know if they want to spend that high pick on a QB when they're, I think they're more ready to take a QB next year. I think they may want to kind of build up the offense a little bit and then put the QB in. You have Derrick Henry who I, they're going to keep him this year, but I don't know what they're going to do with his contract next year. You have Traylon Burks. Um, you don't really have much of an O-line anymore. So I think for them, it's between O-line a receiver i just i don't know if they're going to do quarterback this year um when i think about you know between o-line and receiver obviously o-line i'm really just talking skronsky or broderick jones and then for receiver i'm thinking addison johnston's too much like burks so johnston is not an option um it's, it's honestly addison skronsky or broderick jones i'm thinking what would Probably, you know, either May or Caleb Williams want on Tennessee will probably have a top two pick, uh, probably top three. Just, I mean, I get their division is pretty bad, but at the same time, like their whole division is getting better. Like Indy's going to be better. Houston's going to be better. And I just don't see how they're going to make the playoffs because of one, how low to the AFC is. To Jacksonville is probably going to win the division. So I don't see how they really take any games in the division, honestly. They might take one from Houston, but that's just because Derrick Henry kills Houston for 200 yards every time. So I, it's tough for me because it seems like Vrabel would want an O-lineman here, especially after they you know, got rid of two great O-linemen in Taylor Luan and Ben Jones. I'm leaning towards... Skaronsky just because he's a little bit more versatile um, than Broderick. But at the same time, I think putting someone like Addison in that wide receiver room would be fun. I just think 
you know, what is it, what is asking in a game from being in this offense? Whereas O-line's kind of more, it's not, it's not dependent on the quarterback O-line play. You're going against the same guys each week, you know, receiver, your production is pretty directly correlated to what, who you have behind the center. So I think I'm going to go with Skaronsky here. Um, just kind of narrowed it down. I think Skaronsky would make the most sense this year while providing the most value to a quarterback for next year and years on. Um, I was going to see how you like tight end here just because, but they, they, they have a young tight end they really like, and I don't, I don't say that. Um, yeah, I think it always becomes down to like, do, does Tennessee have any tackle thresholds, which I have no idea. Um, right. frankly, I, th- I think Vrabel would love the mentality of either Skaronsky or Broderick. So, um, Skaronsky makes a lot of sense here. You, you get your best five on the field. Um, it's probably with him playing left tackle. Um, and now I, I do wonder if there's a, like, personally, I think Taylor's retiring as like an avid bustle. I say, I say I'm a tier two bustle with the boys fan. For those who listen to bustle with the boys, they'll get that reference. I I listen to a lot of their episodes and I watch a lot of their YouTube content when I get the time. Dude, Taylor's like 270 pounds, if not getting lighter. Like I think he's retiring. He's got to get the knee healthy, but I don't know if he wants to play anymore. He always right. he doesn't want to play at a high level. And as I, I say this because I think there could be a reunion here. If Taylor goes, you know, my market didn't really materialize. Do I want to go for a, a million or two more to Pittsburgh or Tampa as opposed to just staying in Tennessee for what a mil a mil five less I just stay in Tennessee so I think either way if that if that reunion's on the horizon maybe it is maybe it isn't Skaronsky gives you your best five on the field whereas I think Broderick has to play tackle like he can play guard don't get me wrong he could I just think with him like he's so young and he's so I say inexperienced. He just didn't get a lot of reps at tackle at Georgia with with Jamari Sawyer there last year at left tackle. I'd like to just get Broderick playing from day one, getting acclimated with the, with the elite athlete that he is, and his skill set's best served on the outside. So I like Skaronsky there. Kind of gives them options. You know, say they're sitting there in round two and there's a tackle that falls to them, or they, or they love Matthew Bergeron, and they take him to play left tackle, great. Get your best five on the field that way and get their offensive line figured out. So I like Skaronsky there. That brings me up to 10 at, with Houston at 11, and I'm a little bit upset because I wanted Skaronsky at 12 for Houston. So you sniped me. Congratulations. Um, it's going to happen more than one time today, I'm sure. Um, just because they took Bryce at two, and I think the one – again, if, if listen, if Bryce is six foot two, we're talking about Joe Burrow. We're not talking about QB1. We're talking about a Joe Burrow type, the way he processes. We're talking about, we're talking about a generational talent, but he's not. It's five foot ten, buck eighty, if not lighter on game day. <laughs> that's that, that's kind of a problem for injuries, right? That's it's a major major concern. So the thought process there was, hey, maybe do we protect him? Do we do I get Skaronsky? You know, and I'm, and I'm trying to pull up right now what their tackle depth chart looks like because obviously they've got they've got Laramie Tunsil there, who's that guy just got paid as he should. I think Titus um, Howard a, is their other tackle. Yes, and they like Titus a lot. Titus had a good year last year, so they're not going to go along here. Um, I was going to take Skaronski and just play him at guard. And then eventually, right. if they, if they want to move from Howard or you know whatever happens happens or an injury to one of the tackles, Skaronski can kick outside. Um, but I'm not going to take Broderick to do that. Um, I don't love their receivers here. Um, Addison's not a top 20 player for me. Neither is Zay. 
Um, as much as I really love Zay and I like Addison a lot, um, I'm not taking him at 12. I like, listen, they do, they pick at what 30, pick at 33. They can get Josh Downs or frankly, I, I think there's going to be a receiver for them or there for them at 12 to take or 33, like Jalen Hyatt potentially. So at 12, I'm sitting here, I'm going, man, they could take an edge player and I don't hate it. Um, tight end comes to mind. Think about how good Bryce was at extending plays. Now, what? Correct me if I'm wrong. Do they have like a long-term tight end on the roster? I don't believe so. I am looking up their depth chart as we speak. Um, oh wait, no, they got Dalton Schultz. Oh my God, they did sign Dalton Schultz. I that yeah. was one that I just like missed for some. Okay, so um, this is probably a defender then. I I don't I don't love. Uh, Bijan, I, I would say Bijan, but the problem is, um, I, I just don't think that. Uh, actually, they need a receiver really bad. Like they really need one. They can't wait, can they? They need like a potential one. Yeah. I'm gonna go Quentin Johnston then. Be and and it, transparency. Quentin's my. He's not a top 25 player for me. And he's my receiver four. And and if you want to talk me into Addison, please do here. Um, my thought is though, who's got the better receiver one upside, Addison or Johnston upside. Right now, I, I honestly think either one works. Obviously need a receiver. They did get Robert Woods and I think Mechie, they're hoping he can come back. Oh yeah. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go Quentin. I'm going to go Johnson here because profile wise, like, Bobby Trees is more of like a vet. I mean, he's not a burner anymore, but he I will he was say, more of an intermediate threat. Go ahead. Right. I will say Nico Collins is kind of the Quentin Johnston type, but I don't know. Obviously, I don't think he offers everything that Johnston offers, but Nico is, I think, 6'4 or something like that. So they, they have every trait in the wide receiver room. It's just not at the level you'd hope it, it would be at. So... Honestly, yeah. either Addison or Johnston would be fine. I'm trying to think of what what do we think Bryce plays better with. Actually, I'm gonna go Johnston because I, I frankly I think I think a really good Quentin Johnston like ceiling comp is Brandon Ayuk. Think about the build. Think about the pl- the play style. Big physical receivers. They don't play like Johnson doesn't like Johnson's contested catch numbers are not great for a guy who's six, almost six, four with a 40 inch vert plus. Josh Downs had a better contested catch numbers than he did, which is not great. But with what and I I can't pronounce his last name. I think you can because the Ravens interviewed him. Uh, Bobby last name starts with an S passing game corner. They brought over ZOC. Is it Swalik? I want to say Swalik. Like he's swole, but that's not, I don't know that's how you say it. I think it. it's Slowik. Slowik. Perfect. There it is. We're going Quentin Johnson because he profiles like Brandon Ayuk. Perfect. For that for that guy. Because <laughs> he played because he coached Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, I like it. It's early. For me, it's early for Johnson, but the wide receiver won. He's got, be- he got the best one potential of anybody in the draft left on the board outside of Jason. Jason's a one, I think. In a couple years. Right. I just, when you look at what Johnston could be, it's boomer bust, but 
shoot, they've got to they've got to take the swing here with Bryce, with Bryce at you know picking him at what two here. Yeah, they got yeah. they got to take the swing. No, I like it, and I think it does make sense. It would round out their wide receiver room a little more, give them a little more firepower on that offense for Bryce. I think they traded for Shaq Mason as well. Um, it was like Shaq yeah, Mason they did. in the seventh, and they gave yep, away yep, a sixth yep. or something like that. So yes, their line's line, taking shape line's a set, little bit. Yeah. But they could probably add a, you know, a guy in the third or fourth round as well um, you know, to help fill out the depth of that O-line or even compete for a starting job. But I like it. Uh, number 13, we have the Jets here. They could use a tackle, a center, an inside linebacker, and a safety. When I think about what they want to do, um, you know, something came out today where Makai Becton, tackle they drafted a few years ago, um, you know, he's drafted around 400 pounds. I think he's down to 350 in really good shape. Probably has a role on that line. But I'm leaning towards Broderick Jones. I just think Broderick will have a big impact on the offensive line. I think they really want to go in that direction. I think there's going to be one of the top three alignment here for them. And, you know, here he is, the third and final offensive lineman of the top, you know, kind of the tier one guys. He has the NFL size. Like you said, he can slide to guard, but he'll probably be a tackle for you. And I just think that'll be really beneficial to their offensive line um, room as a whole. Yeah, I mean, we're three for three on this, and that might be boring, but the Jets pick's going to be boring. Sorry. I mean, it's just how it's going to be i mean they uh they need a tackle <laughs> you look at the board and it's like they could surely could take other positions but they've got to figure out the offensive line room um and gr- and listen if if uh you know if if Beckton comes back healthy great you've got a monstrous o-line room and you can kind of assemble it how you want but the injury history of all of max mitchell of avt elijah vera tucker and Makai Becton, I just – Dwayne Brown's old. I just – I can't get behind walking into the year with no depth at tackle and no no real plan. So I like Broderick here. Um, you're getting Aaron Rodgers. Spoiler alert, the trade will happen next week. Um, if the, We're going to wait for the, in case the actual trade happens. But if it doesn't, we'll do the second-round trade next week for, for Rodgers. Um you know, so we can get into the mock, but it's got to be Broderick here for him, right? And it has to be a tackle. So they figure that out. Um, the Patriots are up here at 14. They're a little bit pissed because they didn't get a tackle, the top three group. And I don't, with the way the board has fallen, it's not worth taking anyone else right now. Like it's not worth taking, um, it's not worth taking Harrison or Wright yet. As much as I like both those players, it's not worth it for tackle here. So, um, sitting here kind of looking at the board, they could use an edge player. Um, Brian Branch seems just like a Patriot to me. Um, you know, B. John Robinson kind of sits there on the board and it's like, Ooh, that's intriguing. Um, they lost Damian Harris. And I kind of look at what, This is tough. Patriots are tougher, and I'm trying to speed it up a little bit. Um, what do you think? What do you think in here with the board? When we were talking at 10 about how we took Branch last week, I was like, Branch is going to be here for the Patriots, and I think it has to be the pick. Branch. But perfect. 
But Kalijah Kansi was another thought. But I just think Branch makes too much sense for them. Yeah, I'll go Branch. I mean, he he's such a classic Belichick player. He's a sound, um, and I think it, it makes a lot of sense for them, honestly. Um, so yeah, it, it kind of kept it short, but that was kind of the idea here with Branch. Um, he had a really good player, and they fill a DB need, and just kind of get multiple in that back end, which and the missed tackle rate, Bill Belichick's gonna fall in love with. So I like it. Right, and I I really like it as well. Um, try to speed things up a little bit here as we're about halfway through. Uh, 15th pick, how the Green Bay Packers. They have you know a lot of needs. Obviously, pass catcher is a really big need. They need a pass rusher, and they need a defensive tackle. So last year, they went D-tackle in the first with Devontae Wyatt. They also took an inside linebacker with Quay Walker. So I'm thinking a pass catcher here. I'm. I want to say Kincaid because he was similar to Robert Tunyon. Um, I could also think receiver as well. I think that Jordan Addison would be a great complement to Christian Watson, and that could be really enticing for Jordan Love to have those kind of receivers. Now it would be unfortunate that you know they finally take a weapon in the first once Rodgers is gone. But assuming that Jordan Love's a quarterback next year, I think. Jordan Addison would make the most sense for them here. And I'm going to go with him just because, I mean, they, their defense is. Can, I just want to read the depth chart real quick at tight end. Josiah Degura is tight end one right now. The receiver room is not much better. I just, I did want to throw that out there that I just. Right. I don't know. If you want to go, Addison makes sense here. I just, I did want to, I did want to, I feel like we need a lot of, Gil, I'll talk about tight end. Tight end room is bad, too. Both both are terrible. Right. Not, either one makes sense. I'm, honestly, it's just... I mean, I, I honestly care who goes here because as long as it's a pass catcher, I'm honestly cool with it. I don't know what direction they would prefer. I mean, they might ask Jordan Love's input. I know a tight end. You know, Robert Tunney was big for Rodgers. Mercedes Lewis was big for Rodgers. Rodgers always had a pretty, you know prominent tight end in that role um you know he, he had wide receivers as well but it was never something crazy i mean jordy nelson was good but it wasn't like perennial all pro like i mean tay was only tay was the only like dude he like, like right. absolute dude he really had yeah right and i think christian watson could assume that wide receiver one role maybe this season yeah. um but I guess I just I was thinking Kincaid or Mayer, and I was kind of leaning towards Kincaid just because I think it'd be a little safer for Jordan Love. Um, I mean, I was honestly between, you know, we'll go we'll go Kincaid, we'll go Kincaid. This the reason I think tight end is I look at how I look at how that offense uses tight end in the tree that it comes from. And I don't know. I just did. I can't look at that tight end room and go, they're not going to take a tight end here. Um, that was my thought with that. It puts the receiver. I mean, I think, I think you're right. It's got to be pass catcher. I just don't know where it's going to be. Right. But, um, right. I was just thinking it's early for Addison, dude. I just, he's small. He's really small. And the athletic numbers weren't, phenomenal 
Like he's not the greatest athlete, but nonetheless, he's still a really good player. I just I don't know if the tight the, the tight end position out is I think it's gonna outweigh the receiver position a little bit more on that offense. But 16 with the Commanders. Um, this is a Will Levis pick. I don't know. I was thinking about that, but I just, they just took Sam Howe, and it was like I don't know if they can go. Like I know it was different circumstances, but I don't think they could go quarterback back to back years. I think and how looked good, yeah. They want to f- see what they have in how they brought in, you know, Jacoby Brissett. I think they want to really have that vet presence in Brissett for how to help develop how. Give this year to him and yeah. see what they have. I think in terms yeah. of Levis, you look at a team like the Vikings. Now they're not up for seven picks, but they're really the team that's up next. You look at the Bucks; they could take Levis. I don't know if they would. Or they should. They do have Baker and Kyle Trask. Um, That's a statement. <laughs> right. Baker and Kyle Trask. Nonetheless, two guys that will probably yeah. be on the roster. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I'd, yeah, I don't think this is Levis, but I do think Levis should go soon. Yeah. I'll go Porter Jr. then. They need a DB. Um, I do think they're going to pick up the option for Chase Young. And the defensive line, like Nolan Smith was a thought for me just because they could like they could use another defensive end. Um, I just think Porter Jr. makes a lot of sense. They, they need they need a corner, dude. Their corners is not that good. They just they cut St. Juice not that long ago. So I'll go corner. I know they pick, I, I, I picked him um, or I, I guess I know I picked him, but we, we we talked a lot about him at 16 two weeks ago um, and I picked him to pick after last week at 17. But I'll, I'll go Porter Jr. here. I like that for them. I do too. I really like that pick for Washington. Um, 17 up with the Steelers here. Um, this is tough, but it's as much as I hate to say, it's between Lucas Van Ness and Deontay Banks. And I'm leaning towards Van Ness. Um, you know, obviously they have TJ Watt, pretty much the best player on their team, just one defensive player of the year. Um, you know, they're looking into bringing back. Bud Dupree, but I ultimately don't think that'll be the route they take. I think some Did other they reach for tackle sign. here. They could, just with but the, at the same with time, the de- with with the depth of the edge class. The only reason I said this, I I don't think they're getting a tackle at 33. Like I, I look at I look at Buffalo, Cincinnati, Kansas City, could all could all realistically take tackle. But I think that right. You look at 33, and I think. With Darnell Wright, Anton Harrison, and Dewan Jones, one of them should be there. So the thing is, if they don't take edge here, then they kind of they aren't in a good position. They do pick at 49, but what edges are going to be there that are like, you know, day one impact guys? I mean, at 30, I mean, at well, 33, you can get, you could take Anandike Ozama. Atabuare, Tuatupolotu, Keon White. I mean, there's – I don't know. My only thought is they've invested the pick into – they've invested into Kenny, and the offensive line's not gotten much better. Like, if I, if I pull up their depth – like, what's the what's the Steelers' depth chart right now? I, I know that they love the defensive line. I guess they got C- Sayamalu. But I mean, right. Dan Moore at left tackle. 
Okafor, I don't even know how to say this guy's first name. My guy, Okafor, right tackle. I just did. I don't know. I, I just, I wonder, do they just take the best tackle on the board and just roll with it? Like what? Like what's the difference between? I guess the question would be. They probably do with Pickett being the quarterback. They probably go with a tackle that they can kind of build chemistry with. That's I, like the 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 right like the thing they should like for value. It's taking Van Nesser or like Nolan Smith or it's it's right. Banks. Like in terms of like my board, I think I've got like if I pull up my big board, which is right next to yours on our sheet, it goes. Actually, it's Nolan, Banks, Van Nesser, one, two, three, like back to back to back from 17 and 19. So, like, from a value point, it's one of those three guys. But are they taking value here? They don't, they use, they, I feel like they draft for like pertinent need. Would they, what I'm saying is they would reach, right? I don't know. I just, Kenny got killed last year, dude. And that That's run true. game was. Think about how bad. Think about how bad that run game was too. I don't know. The only reason I wanted to steer you towards reaching for tackle was because I just think they they have to reach a little bit. I agree, and they always have been known in the first round to kind of address the need at all costs. They did that yeah. with Devin Bush. They did that with Najee Harris. I'll, I'll I'll do tackle here. I just always think through like a value lens, and it just. It's tough to no, make I know. a non-value pick. And it, it is. But... It's tough. Because then you got to pick which tackle you want of Harrison, DeWander, right? I, I think tough, I'm going to go I mean, Harrison. I think he's a left tackle. Right. I'm going to stick tough. with Harrison just because, you know, I think he's had more experience than the other two. And he also is, you know, not old as well. I know. Um, you know, Dewan obviously obviously put on a really good O line and Darnell Wright was kind of the main piece of that Tennessee O line. Um but Harrison just being a true left tackle, I think, is what does it for them in terms of over the other two guys who played primarily right tackle. Which which and, and they they both have to be right tackled the next level probably. Um and again Harrison's five on my board now behind right, but I think you're right. They they gotta go no pun intended, they gotta go, they're right, they have to go with Harrison here and get a left tackle. Um and it is a reach. And, like, that's kind of the hard part of this is is discerning, like, are you – like, do, does a team – and that's not what – what we would do is different. Like, and we're going to get to that in a couple of weeks, right? But it's discerning, like, hey, what's value versus what is this team probably going to do and how they fare? Like, Detroit here at 18, dude, I have no idea. My mind immediately is going to – so I, I like – like, it's Van Ness and Nolan – and I think I'd lean based upon what they've got on that defensive line. I think they would go with Nolan Smith because he can kind of play the outside role, right? Right. I don't No, I know we have them taking Gonzalez at six, but they did take Hutchinson at two. So in terms of yeah. value, it is tough to go back to edge. I don't know if they, Agreed. Maybe they maybe they add a Bud Dupree like after the draft, which would make a lot of sense for them. I as as much sense as it makes fit wise, I don't know if the value would all ultimately make the most sense for them in terms of what they could use right now. But yeah, I mean, Edge would here's be a, a good. Here's pick. a question. Well, 
I I I, I get I like your point. And I'd pick Bijan, but they just signed David Montgomery. And I don't think they're bringing back Swift next year. Montgomery's deal is what? It's two or three years, right? I believe three years. Okay, they're not drafted running back here. Does Minnesota want to come up here to court and get Levis? Do they want to jump? It's not. It's they're not just jumping Tampa. They're jumping Seattle. Right. Yeah, I like that honestly. Um, you know, I was okay. thinking about Minnesota taking Levis and where they could trade up ultimately to jump. You know, I, those two teams. Because I'll, t- I'll tell you, I'll tell you right now, if there's a team below them that wants him, I think they're gonna jump this, him. Exactly. With at 21, obviously we talked at length about the Ravens moving back, and and you've been pretty vocal about that. And we might find a trade partner for today for him, with me picking for him. But the Chargers too, like like we've talked a little bit about. The Chargers don't really do it, but there's been talks about it with like draft media around them, and you know beat writers and and the, and shoot the guys who work for the Chargers podcast network. They talked about it, so it's a with the way that their roster is constructed, it's a more realistic opportunity for them right now. So I think again, it's two teams that can move back and pick and recoup picks, especially the Ravens 22 picking right ahead of Minnesota. If the, if Minnesota wants to go get up, I think Detroit's looking at man like we could just. Let let people make the pick. Let the league make the pick for us a little bit, and just take whatever's left at twenty three. If we feel pretty comfortable with all of them, so I like that. Now the question becomes, what's the value here? Uh, almost identically, it's twenty three and eighty seven for eighteen. It's almost identical. I love it. Perfect. That works for me. Yeah, because you're calling me. In this sense, I guess, and I'll, and I'll accept that. I'll easily take my third-round pick or a third-round pick for it. Right. Funny enough, these guys have already worked out a trade, too. I know it's within the division, but, um, you know, the Hawk trade, all that stuff. So, um, listen, I, I know Minnesota just loses their, their, their only their only top 100 pick, but the front office is known to kind of be aggressive for what they want and need. Um, so you, you got Minnesota here? You're in control. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, we are going to have Minnesota jump up from 23 and go up five spots to 18, and they're going to take Will Levis. Um, you know, obviously, Hannah Hooker is still out there, but Will Levis is kind of the final guy that could go in the top 10, um, you know, falling all the way to ultimately 18 here with the Minnesota Vikings. So, we're going to pull the trigger on that. Uh, probably doesn't play year one behind Kirk Cousins, but, you know, having two camps under his belt being 2023 and 2024 could end up being the starter there. Uh, Kirk Cousins' deal isn't great. I mean, it, it's value, but at the end of the day, you know what you're getting in Kirk. And I think Levis offers all that Kirk offers on a higher scale. It's just Kirk's proven. So that's why he's, you know, where he's at. But I like it a lot. For both teams, you know, Detroit jumps on opportunity to gain more picks after already taking a bona fide blue chip prospect at number six. They move back to 23. Um, so I'm going with Will Levis for the Minnesota Vikings at 18. I like it. Um, you're up again at 19 here with uh, with Tampa. So keep it pushing. We I talked about Levis with them enough, so you can just keep it pushing here. Right. 19 with Tampa. Got a few different options here. Um, they could use a guard. They need a right tackle, a running back, and a D end. I don't, 
I, I really like Lucas Van Ness because, you know, their their D-line's getting – well, front seven in general is getting up there. Obviously, Levante Davis returning on, I think, a one-year deal. Uh, I They do have Shaq Barrett, but they could use another defensive end suit like Van Ness, like an edge guy. I don't want to say D-end because, you know, depending on what you run, D-ends and edges are different. Um, but outside linebacker. Um, you know, Lucas Van Ness, Nolan Smith are kind of the main two guys. Looking at either of those guys, I think, you know, Nolan Smith probably complements Shaq Barrett's game a little better than Van Ness. Um, just thinking about it from that lens. Now, you think about what, what else they need. Guard really isn't an option here. Right tackle, you could go Darnell right, but I don't know if they do that in round one, being that they don't have their quarterback of the future. In fairness, so I think, value-wise, I would do it. I don't right. think it's reaching per se, I, but I just I didn't want to throw that out there. Right, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I think it would be a good spot for Darnell, you know, anywhere from 19 through the first round. I just think it makes more sense for them to go. I'm I'm probably going to go with Nolan Smith here. I just think in terms of what they could use, like yeah, they could use a running back, but you don't take Jameer Gibbs here. I just it wouldn't be a smart pick for them. I don't think. They don't, they don't take Bijan. They could. We did it last week. We talked about it. I just. That's it true. Did did we do it last week? Yeah, we did. We, we did do it last week. Yeah. It is tough. I mean, it, from a from a schematic standpoint, like I think it's it's probably running back or tackle. But I I just don't know what. The case is there for both of them. Right. No I think Bijan would make the most sense. I just don't know. Like, obviously, he's a one-of-a-kind prospect. I don't know if they're getting the most value out of him with who they have at quarterback this year. That yeah. being said, their quarterback play is going to elevate with Bijan in the backfield as well. I mean, yeah, like, the only the, the main oh, thing that's the, the me. The other argument, the other argument to be made is do they, do they want to elevate the quarterback? Do they want to just be bad? Like there's there's going to be a team that actively tanks for Caleb Williams. There were people at the UFC Pro Day who repeatedly talked about how every five minutes he was out there, and you know teams just kind of looking over, checking on, you know check checking on Caleb. What's Caleb up to? Every oh, Caleb checking out next year's newest model, the newest the newest version of the of the next Ferrari, right? Someone's gonna actively tank for him at the at the at the back end of the season. We've seen it before. Kind of saw it with Cincinnati, the way they kind of weren't really competitive in the, the year for Burrow. We've seen it before. I'm not I'm not gonna put it past anybody. I don't know if it's Tampa. I don't know if it's Washington. I don't know if it's Tennessee. I don't know if it's the Rams. Like I don't know who it is, but somebody's going to. I think. So I just wonder right. if like do they want to make are they one of those teams that doesn't want to elevate the quarterback play? And maybe takes a Nolan Smith here or, you know, whatever. And they just say, well, we'll worry about offense next year. I don't know. That It's for you to decide. I know they like Rashad White. And I know I'm kind of I'm, – I'm going back on my argument for him last week. I just playing devil's advocate a little bit here. No, I agree. And that's kind of what I'm stuck on is, like, Bijan here would be great. But in terms of what they have right now, it doesn't make a ton of sense. I didn't think about Darnell Wright. And while, you know, I'm going to go Darnell Wright. 
I'm like going Darnell right here. Um, I think it'll, you know, obviously fit a need as right tackle is a glaring need. I mean, they did lose Shaq Mason as well. Alex Kappa, they really need offensive linemen outside of Ryan Jensen. So I think Darnell Wright will offer a lot to that offense and help them kind of build up the pieces as they get to a place where they can take the marquee positions. Yeah, no, I like it. Um, it makes a lot of sense. Darnell's a really good player. Um, I think he's an awesome right tackle. I think from day one of all the guys in the draft, he's the best right tackle from day one because he's played there at a high level. Um, Seattle's up at 20. And I want to extend the offer. Is there anyone that wants to move up and get Bijan? I don't think there is. I'm just kind of floating it because when I look at Seattle's roster and I look at what they could do here, I don't know if, like, they took Tyree, which is their biggest need. And there's places I could go here. I just was kind of floating right. that. If there, I don't just, if you, it kind of put it out there for you if there's anything that you would think would want to get up to 20, get ahead of the Chargers and maybe the Lions at 23 if a team wants to get Bijan. And you look at the Eagles, obviously, but I don't know if they jump 10 spots for a running back. Well, that just, I don't think Howie does that, yeah. You're looking at other teams, the Cowboys. It would be like a Cowboys front office type move. But in terms of what they did, I think they still have, you know, Zeke's dead money. They have Tony Pollard on the expensive franchise tag, just over 10 mil. I don't know if they can go running back here. Detroit Lions, obviously, you know, a possibility. They move down. But I don't know if they go in that direction just in terms of what they could most benefit from. I don't I think they might want to sit and take a receiver. Yeah, fair. Trying to think. Giants obviously have Saquon. The Bills could do it. Bills Bills. Or do or do they feel like their need at tackles too too big? What do they have? They have Naheem Hines. James Cook. Right. Yeah, I, I don't, don't think have to. they would do it. That's fine. So if so no one wants to get up, which is fine. Um Seahawks are an interesting team here. I'm leaning receiver. How long is Tyler Lockett there for? Another year or two? Another year, probably? Yeah, probably next year. They're not going tight end, are they? No, they've no, got... Uh, they have Fant. They've got Fant. Yeah, they won't go tight end here, will they? They like Will Disley. So. No, they won't. Okay. Uh, this is going to be a receiver, then. Um, they're going to they're gonna maximize Geno's window. And... I'm going to go with Zay Flowers here. Uh, I think with what – I think I like – I think at this point – like I think coming out, the profiles are very similar of Zay and Lockett. But I think now in their careers, Addison profiles similarly to Lockett with less big like, elite big playability. Whereas I think Zay gives you the chance to kind of use him in the run game, use him in the screen game, use him a little more of as, as a versatile weapon for that offense. Um, and eventually I think he's got better – wide receiver one potential to take over for um 
take over for uh you know the back the to backfill for what Blockett does and I don't think we'll have DK, but nice to have two legit guys. If you can't tell her, there might be a change in my receiver rankings coming. I gotta watch the L22 film, but there might be a change coming with Flowers and Addison. I love Addison. Fight on. You know me. Big Trojan fan, but I don't know. I might have to make a move on. We'll see. No, I like it. It makes sense to me. Um, just trying to think. Obviously, we have the Chargers on the clock here. This is um, maker breaking the Colts. The next two picks are maker break, making or breaking the Colts podcast. Hope everyone knows this. It's high, it's high tension over here. Yeah, this is tough. Uh, first time this year that we've picked for each other's teams. Obviously, yeah. you know, teams being back to back as well as fun. Draft night is going to be a, a whirlwind. I'll right. tell you that right now. I really hope both our teams make good picks or both our teams make bad picks, or else that's going to oh, suck. God. So oh God, yeah, yeah, it's gonna be tough. Although you know what, I will say both of our teams have great track records of picking in the first round. Like usually, both of our teams don't make bad decisions, at least in the first round. The Chargers right. tend to kind of go off the wall in round three and beyond. Don't love that, but hey, round one they seem to nail it. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna poo-poo it too hard. Right now, the Ravens nail round one. You know, kind of questionable on day two and normally nail round three with a ton of studs. You know, Matt Judon, uh, Zadarius Smith, guys like that that they've taken on day three. Um, Looking at the Chargers here, obviously, Bijan is here. Obviously, you still have Van Ness, Nolan Smith. Honestly, you look at what they have right now. They have Eckler, who... You know, whatever happens with him, I don't think he's going to be traded this offseason. I think he's going to be on the team this season. You have Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa in terms of outside linebacker edge guys. Khalil Mack's probably gone next year. You know, at least one of them, but just in terms he, of what they can do with contracts, it's, he's probably he's, gone. He's gone. They're not paying him $38 million next year. He's gone, I think. And, and you don't extend 34-year-old Khalil Mack. Right. You don't restructure and extend him. So it does make sense to go edge here. And I'm thinking, you know, Van Ness is probably the best one available in terms of the fit. So it's between Van Ness and Bijan. Hmm. I think I'm going to. I'm not going to. I'm not going to provide my input on the pick because I don't want to sway you. I I I do want to add the context of like, hey, Mac's probably gone. Like I'll say this, I don't think Mac right. or or Eck are on the team next year. Like I'll just that that doesn't help you at all. It just kind of gives you my thought of like, hey, you're in the right direction. I don't think either guy's on the team next year, both of them. So whatever. Right, and I think a lot of people who aren't really like tuned into this stuff would be really confused if they took. Bijan because it'd be they have Austin Eckler you know obviously a top two three fantasy back in the league and I don't think they would obviously his touchdown production isn't incredible and stuff like that maybe a little confused but I just think with the relationship in terms of things Eckler has said um you know I see running back being the position that it is I think Bijan's probably the best pick here for the Chargers in terms of what they can get out of a guy in the backfield, knowing what Eckler did and 
knowing what Bijan could do and is projected to do, obviously it is a projection for all these guys, no matter how quote safe of a pick they are, it is a projection because they've never stepped foot on an NFL football field. But I just think Bijan would make the most sense for that offense, given where not, not offense, obviously for offense, but as for a team as a whole, given where, how that roster could look in the next year and following that just based off contracts and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, is is that the pick? Yeah, that's gonna be Bijan. Okay. Yeah. No. I. I um. Frankly, I, you. The revelation, and I will get into this later. The revelation that is the Lucas Van Ness all twenty two tape was truly a spiritual experience for me. Um. I don't like draft night. I don't know if Bijan's here. Obviously, he is here. He was two weeks ago when we did our mock one point Um. You know, if he's not. And Van Ness is. I want Van Ness every time, unless a Tyree Wilson is there, um, or you know some crazy top ten talent like a Gonzalez or a Witherspoon fell. I'd be hammering the table for Lucas Van Ness because I think the potential, um, the what he can become at you know 21 years old in a room with Joey and Khalil for a year. And the versatility across the front that he brings is really, really valuable. And I think that Brandon Staley would value that really highly in the draft, the versatility and the positional value and the potential. That said, they were in a, unable to run the ball last year uh, in the division, in the wild card game. They're a fumbled snap away from with the group they had. They were a fumbled, not a fumbled snap, a fumbled jet sweep by an XFL player now away potentially from a divisional game with the, with Patrick Mahomes, a team that they, the Kansas City team that they, that they seem to play better than anybody in the league. I'm not even being biased. Like when you look at the scores, those games are always down to the last possession. It feels like it feels like Herbert goes down, scores with about three minutes left. And then 15 in red goes down and scores with no time left. It just feels like every time it's kind of how it goes. So, um, you know, that said, They've been unable to salt away games when it matters with the run game. They've lost a lot of games because they can't run a, a four-minute drill. They they have to drop back and pass. And guess what? When the team knows you're dropping back to pass, it's pretty easy to defend the pass. No matter how good your quarterback or your receivers are, newsflash, the receiver room wasn't great last year because they were always hurt. You've got to be able to run the ball, and their O-line will be better with Slater healthy. And I the the talent is undeniable with Bijan Robinson, and I think in the passing game he can for a year he can supplement a lot of things that that they'd be lacking at receiver. Maybe come back to that next year with a premium pick. Um, I still like Edge in, in the next round for them. Um, I like you know veteran option potentially and pick an Edge next year. Um, so I really like this pick. I love I, I I'd be super happy with Bijan on draft night. I'd also understand if they took Van Ness over him, and I wouldn't be upset. What do I do? I recognize the fact that he's the number one player on my board, and Van Ness is the number nineteen player on my board, and that's a discrepancy. Yes, but I get I would get the edge pick. Um, but I really like it. I got the Ravens at twenty two, and I'm gonna be taking Josh Downs. Mail the pit. No, I'm kidding. Not taking Josh Downs. Um, honestly, actually, the pit, the pick seems fairly easy with Deontay Banks on the board. I know, you know, we did it last week. Um, and I guess if I was to kind of expand on this a little bit, like Addison's there, I just, 
you know, we talked last week about it. Like, I don't, we don't know if, I don't know if Addison goes there. I don't, to me, this is a trade back spot, but who's moving up? Anybody that you control want to move up and get Hennon Hooker or get Van Ness or Banks or Smith? Like, anybody want to move up and get anybody? I, you know, I think maybe Dallas would want. Dallas could want. Ooh, do either, they want Mayor? Do they want to go get Mayor? Over a Detroit team who could take him? Yeah, I like that. You said Dallas, and I, I don't know where I don't know if you were going with tight end there. I don't know if you're going with Edge or whatever. But I was I was said, gonna say either Canty Banks or tight end. I say tight end because I do think there's a possibility it could be Darnell. But yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, Darnell's a unicorn, dude. He's a freak. Um, but I like that. It's probably just a third, right? Let me see real quick. I don't have the value pulled up, but to have um, this done, um, you know. Let's see. This is live for a reason. We're not. We're not planning this out. Come on. This is live for a reason. You figure it's ninety. I just like. Is there a team in the second round that wants to get up? Ooh. Right. It would. Probably. Ooh, 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 ooh. Hang on. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Let's say Dallas is fine waiting. Carolina does have a one. Yeah, that's the problem. I was going to say Carolina wants to go get up and get a tight end, but they don't have a one. What about this? Carolina does have they got Hayden Hurst. What Houston? Oh, never mind. Sorry. Well, does Houston want to go get Nolan Smith or Van Ness? They've got a lot of picks, dude. Yeah, I could see Houston wanting to go up for a. Uh... You go thirty-three and seventy-three or sixty-five. They've got an extra third, so. Let's see. 73 would do it. Uh, the Ravens probably push for 65, which probably does it. I mean, the difference is barely any. So I think 33 and 65 would okay. do it. Fair. All right. Oh, we're doing it. Ravens move uh, out of the first round. I think Brett's happy with it. I don't know. I know we're on... I, I know you. I think you're typing, so I couldn't really tell. But I don't know if you're happy with that. I am. I am typing. Okay. Um, good. 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 Oh, okay. No, yeah. I'm not happy. I don't know. Typing. It, it makes, the answer was the typing, not not the emotion. It, it makes sense for me, honestly. Um, yeah. I'm always huge on value. I think the Ravens only having five picks this year. It makes sense to move back, if not out of the first round. Being, you know, pretty much at the top of the second gives them a ton of time, almost a whole day, to think about the pick. Whereas it's not, you have 10 minutes to pick your guy based off what the board is. I think they can kind of figure out who Pittsburgh's going to take and basically leave them with whoever they want. Probably a first round guy that fell, who probably shouldn't have. And it's going to give them a big opportunity to take 
a guy they want and obviously gaining 65 as well at the top of the third round will serve the same purpose in terms of just filling out the roster gaining an extra pick basically having a first anyway even though it's you know a pick out so i like it honestly and i think it'll be beneficial to the ravens to the texans obviously the texans now have three first round picks that payroll goes up for the rookies but they're gonna have more than enough money and I think it'll be smart for them to jump at an edge here while there is one, obviously. Miles Murphy might be there for them at 33, but I don't think he will be just in terms of what probably happens. I think Van Ness, Nolan Smith, and Murphy are gone. Yeah. Well, you're making the pick here. You've got it. Since I, I still got a pick for the Ravens tomorrow. So you, you got Houston here. We we can have the open dialogue, of course, but you you are the one turning the card for tonight on this pick. Right, it, it's got to be edge. It's just which one do they want? And which one are they going to come up for? So yeah, it's between Murphy, Smith, and Van Ness. And in terms of D'Amico Ryan's, which ones were kind of more like what he's used to, kind of what he developed in his two years as defensive coordinator of the Forty ers now, it's probably Van Ness, and Van Ness is probably highest on their board. I don't know, but that's just what we're going to go with because obviously we don't know what these front offices are thinking. All the front offices are going to have different opinions. But it's just kind of what we could, what we can come up with in terms of what teams could do. So, yeah, I like it. We're we're, we're going to go with Van Ness there um, to the Texans. I like it. I think uh, versatility is big. I think, and I, I I said this to you today. Um, at the baseball game, I think the like people are enamored, and I and I get it. He's a freak athlete, but they're enamored with this combine that Nolan put together. And I think somewhere we're losing in translation. Like, hey, these guys dealt with some serious injuries, like some serious injuries. And I don't know how comfortable teams are going to be with that. So, uh, you know, Houston team takes Van Ness here. They swing with the upside. They've got. The other thing is they have the luxury of time with with Lucas, right? Like they have the time to develop him. So I like that a lot. Um, you're back up with Detroit here again. You got three straight picks again, which is what the trades work out when we do odds evens. Um, you got Detroit here. Um, you've kind of got a lot of different ways you could go. So dealer's choice. As yeah, all this is them, a – right, this is a exciting option here for Detroit. They pretty much have, you know, a board that they really, that's really enticing to them. You look at Jordan Addison is there, could be an option. But it's probably Michael Mayer in terms of, you know, mix of value and need. And yeah, I I think Mayer is going to make the most sense for them. I can't remember who their tight end one is. Um, I don't really have one. But I just think I think Mayor makes the most sense. It's it's value. Yeah. And I think it'll make perfect sense for whoever their quarterback is. You know, obviously it looks like golf's gonna be this year, but after that, Mayor will be great for whoever is running the show there in Detroit. And I think, you know, Dan Campbell will like him as well. No, I like it. Um I think he's the perfect mix. So what's what's unique in this class is that you've kind of got the you know, you've <laughs> You've got Kincaid, who's this elite receiver at the position, and this 
freakish. Just the way he moves and all that stuff, it's just, it's just rare. Then you've got, on the other side of the spectrum, is, you know, he's not a great blocker. And then it's Darnell Washington, who's an, an elite blocker, who moves really well, but didn't have the production as a pass catcher. You really are, don't know what you're getting in the future from as, as a pass catcher. And then you've got this perfect middle ground of Michael Mayer, who had elite production in her name, blocks his tail off. He's not the craziest athlete like either of those two guys are, but he blocks really well. Great production. He kind of just sit down, find the soft zone, and maybe break a tackle, and you're not going that far. But he's a great safety safety blanket. Um, so I really like Michael Mayer there for them. Um, Jacksonville, like 24, kind of pissed. I'm not. They're upset that you took Michael Mayer. Me? I don't mind. Um, and this is interesting for them. They, I like their D-line. Um, man, this is interesting. Is this Osiris Torrance? Or, no, this is Banks. Deontay Banks. I'm sorry. He's on, and then you don't usually hear for us here. Um, yeah, Jacksonville gets a steal here with Banks at, uh, what, 24? Easy. Turn the card in quickly. Yeah, I like that for them a lot. I, it makes a lot of sense, too. Um, you look at you know, what they're looking for to fill out their roster. And I like Banks there. Good fit. I'd be happy for him. Um, you know, they're playing the Ravens this year, so that'd make for a fun matchup, I think. 25 here, we have New York Giants, who have signed, you know, I think three different receivers. They've signed, they trade for Evan Ingram for uh, the 100th overall pick, I believe it was. So you look at what they could do here. They there are, there are a few different options. What's up? You say Evan Ingram. Oh, yeah, I meant Waller. Um, I do it all the time. It's fair. Right. Um, you know, who do they want to get that will, honestly, I think, help that offense? Because a defensive pick doesn't really make sense here. The only defensive guy that could be picked around here, you know, obviously you have Miles Murphy, Kalijah Kansi, but neither of those guys would really fit. New York. Um, so you look at Osiris Torrance. I think that could be an option for him, but at the end of the day, I don't think they're getting Odell. I don't think they're getting another receiver before the draft. And I think they're going to be looking to round out that offense as a whole. I just don't know if they go Torrance or do they go Addison. That's kind of what I'm between right now. Um. They need a bigger body receiver. And I think that they, the way that they addressed pass catcher, and I, I use this term because I think we're getting there when this, at least in this class, kind of with the tight end class being really good and the receiver class being a little bit down, kind of combining them to pass catcher. The way that they address pass catcher, I think leads me to think that they are going to go O-line here. I think they get Osiris Torrance, get your best five on the field. They just paid Daniel Jones. They've got Saquon on the tag. I think, I think they're going to sign him to a long-term deal, I think. I could be wrong, um, but I think getting Torrance here maximizes the offense. Uh, as much as they could go def- with the defender here, and I think Nolan Smith would intrigue them. I think they are really, really like what they saw out of KT this past year, um, and I think they're going to ultimately stick with what the group they have defensively, and they're going to go with Torrance here. I think it's the it, it's not flashy. It's not a sexy pick, 
right. but it's probably the right it's probably the right pick. Although, actually, I think this might be Schmitz over Torrance, and I think because I think they want it, they need a center, and I think that, that they like they've met with him twice. They met with him at the Senior Bowl and they met with him as pro day. So I, th- I, I, this Iowa, I don't know if it's, I think it's, I think it's Schmitz, not, I think it's JMS, not Torrance. And I think Torrance is a better player. Don't get me wrong. I think he's more complete right, right now. I just think that they want a center. You see what I'm saying? That, yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. I didn't know that they met with him twice. Um, yeah, that, at least that's what I heard. That, and it, it, they've been all over him, it sounds like. So, yeah, that makes sense. Let's do it. Um, uh, that'll pr- provide more, you know, of a fill like a filled need for them in terms of Torrance. Plus, where, go ahead, go ahead. I was just gonna say Torrance is more versatile, obviously, but you know, having a center is so important for an offense. I mean, yeah, I'm using the Ravens because it's my team, but it really did provide a great, like a big boost in terms of, you know, overall the Ravens personnel didn't change, but when you get a legit true center in the room it really helps elevate the play of other guys just in terms of communication you know um you know passing off stuff and working up it's it really provides a lot then you know rather than having like a swing guy that can kind of play everywhere so i like it for them and i think you know obviously if they met with them twice they have interest so it makes sense and it's realistic so we'll go with it yeah well the other thing i'll say is Think about where center one was drafted last year and, you know, people let Creed fall too far and it was like, they're not going to make that mistake again. So I think it makes sense. I will also say, I think JMS can play guard. I don't see why yeah. I can't. I mean, he's right. big enough. So, um, but no, I like JMS there a lot. It makes sense. I think they feel like they want to, they need a center more than just guard. I think like, you know, the center guard versus Chile, they might, they might like that a little bit better too, but, um, what I've got Dallas here at 26. Dallas is interesting. Cause I, I, I never really know what to think of. They could go a few different directions here. Um, the running back probably shouldn't be it. Cause they've got Pollard on the tag, but um, I don't think I'm going to pay him. I'm going to go Cansey, I think. All right. Cause I think Nolan Smith profiles very similarly to what Micah does. Obviously listen, Micah's, I've been pretty vocal about the fact that I think he's the most valuable defender on, in, in the league. Just like the, what he adds to that defense. Maybe he's not the best, but he's, I think he's the most valuable. Um, so I don't think they're right. going to take a guy who profiles similarly. So I'll go Nolan here. Stop the fall, number one. They, li- they like the Georgia guys, too. I know that. Um, rightfully so. Um, so I'll go Nolan here, and I'll kind of stop the fall for the Cowboys. Um, and they're going to get a really damn good player in Nolan Smith at uh, 26. But falls because the falls because of the the uncomfortableness with the injuries, which is a very fair thing for NFL teams. Yeah, no, I see it. Um, it makes perfect sense to me, and it's realistic as well. So I like it for them. Uh, Twenty-seven up. We have the Bills. We have five picks left in this mock. Try to keep it rolling, uh, speed it up a little bit, but at the same time, it's like. Buffalo is another team you have to look at. They took corner in the first last year with Kair Elam um, that could use a playmaker on offense. You know, well, I don't think they do. Apparently everyone else does. They have Diggs and Gabe Davis and Dawson Knox. I mean, I don't know what you're complaining about. Um, 
But at the same time, they, they they probably need a receiver three. In fairness, they probably do. Right. I get it. And it's just Addison makes sense, but at the same time, like I don't think he really you getting everything out of him if you have him as a receiver in a room with Diggs and Davis. Sure. So I'm just trying to think what exactly I want to do for them. Because, yeah, they could use another corner, but they took one in the first last year. They could use inside linebacker, but this time in the draft didn't really make sense here at 27. I don't think so. Maybe they could, but I don't think they would, uh, losing Tremaine Edmonds. Resigned Matt Milano, but he isn't a guy that you, you know, like build a defense around or anything. So it, it most definitely off-ball linebacker is a need. Um Real quick, I just realized I totally misspoke the pick before. We we went with Kalijah Kansi for Dallas, not Nolan. I I made it sound like we took Nolan because he's a really good player, but the pick was Kansi. I know I just I totally just misspoke. Yeah, it's late. It's like dude, it's like ten fifteen. We've been rolling on this thing for a while. I'm going Kansi and not stopping the fall of Nolan Smith. I just totally misspoke. But Kansi is the pick. I, I just realized that I was typing it in as I realized that was totally wrong. Um. Can't, they're not going Nolan because of what he profiles similarly. They stopped the fall of Canty, who's also a very good player. Sorry. Totally tripping. No, that makes sense uh, for Canty, like you said. But for Buffalo, I'm just thinking about, is it Addison? Like, do they really take a shot on Addison? Because I'll tell you, they're losing Gabe Davis before they lose Diggs. And Addison is a lot more like Diggs than he is Davis. So it's just, you want to have two guys of similar skill sets. But do you do you take Hyatt like over Addison? It's just like I can't come up with a trump card. Speed speed kills. Think about this. The way the way I've heard the way I've thought about it and the way I've heard other people describe it and the, the analogy I'm going to use here. Think about how the game is affected when Steph Curry is in the field or on the field on the court. You have to know where he's at. You've got to know. Hey, we can't lose this guy. We saw what happened when teams lost Jalen Hyatt. Didn't it, it ended in seven for Tennessee. With Josh Allen at quarterback, it's the argument people make for him to go 21 to the Chargers all the time, and they hear it left and right. God, could you imagine how terrifying it'd be if you got that guy up with Justin Herbert? Same thing with Josh Allen. Right. Not, that, that, that would be the argument to take him ahead of a guy like Addison because he's got a trump card in how fast he is. Now, would someone like yeah, – I don't think that would make – maybe would Arizona want to trade up? They can't they, they can't be moving up for receivers. I mean, maybe, but they got Hollywood. Right. right. If you're taking Hyatt, if, if they want Addison, I mean, maybe. Does Buffalo want to go – If they did far, trade they, D-Hop, but – Yeah, if they do. do you, well, actually – I think D-Hop's going to Buffalo or Baltimore, so. Yeah. Are you talking about? I don't know. I mean, if they want a receiver, they just go they just, they just go Addison or Hyatt. I mean, it's one of the two. They just right. take we're, pick one. We're, we're going to go with what we know now. And what we know now is DeAndre Hopkins is still on the Arizona Cardinals. 
we'll go with Hyatt. I didn't think about Hyatt, and I do think he complements that room really well. Whereas Addison is kind of just, yeah, I hate to say it, but it's kind of like a depth. Obviously, he would start, be the wide receiver three, but it's kind of like a depth piece in terms of his role yeah. and what he is, you know, succeeds at and what he does well, Diggs does better. So it's like, it's kind of tough for me to pin him to the Bills. And I think Hyatt would have more of a role on that team while it might not be as a valuable pick. Yeah, no, no, I, I 100% get it. Um, I just made the case for it, so duh, I get it. Um, but no, I think it's it a sound process, just knowing going with what we know. Um, I've got the Bengals here at 28. Man, they're just going to go value and take Nolan Smith. I hate this, but they're just going to go value and take Nolan Smith, right? Unless they do have, um, I think it's Trey. Trey Hendrickson and Hubbard. Now, yeah, no Nolan Smith would complement them really well. That's kind of what I'm thinking. I know, I know they've got Osai, but come on, let's get real here. Right. Get better on the edge room. Get get the entire defensive line better. Yeah, I think that probably makes sense. Addison came to mind. I'm gonna go Nolan. I don't want to overthink it. We've been we've been here a while. I don't want to overthink it. I'm gonna go Nolan. Obviously, it was some marathon mock we're doing here. Um, but just Nolan's just the best. He's the best player available by a long by a long margin. So I'm gonna go Nolan. And he's and he's a really good player that, that's multiple. He can he can play outside linebacker for him. So I like it. Yeah, I think. Overall, like you said, it makes the most sense for them in terms of who's on the board and what their defense looks like. They're fine at receiver. Um, they they send Irv Smith Jr. That's right. Because um, I was just saying they could possibly get yeah. tight end, but yeah, because we talked, it would make sense here now. for them. Um, New Orleans Saints here at 29. We have three picks left in the mock draft 3.0. Been going for a while. Um, you know. I, I thought it would go a little bit smoother, but you know, when, once you get to a pick, you kind of full on yeah. think about what they could do. Um, but yeah, New Orleans Saints are a team. They could use a wide receiver, but they do have Olave. They're getting Michael Thomas back. Um, you know, I just mentioned tight end when talking about the Bengals, but Darnell Washington to the Saints makes sense. Would be a fun pick. I'm not arguing. That that would be a great pick. I don't know if they do it just for the fact that it's a tight end who isn't known for his pass catching ability. Um, you also think about if he's a linebacker, they could use a guy like um, like a D tackle. Maybe Brzee, maybe Miles Murphy. I don't think they go we, receiver. We both know it's Darnell. What's You're up? absolutely right. We both know it's Darnell. It's got to be. Right. I think Darnell makes the most sense in terms of what they would do with the board that they have and the needs that they have. Yeah. They don't care about college production either. They they just don't. I get it took Olave, but I mean, Penning, Peyton Turner. 
Marcus Davenport, right. like they don't care about college production. They care about traits. Yeah, this is this is easy. Feels like right. Gotta be Darnell. Yeah, I like it for them at a uh, twenty-nine. Oh, I'm up with Philly. I know we talked about Jameer Gibbs here, but Jordan Addison's available. They need a receiver three. I'm gonna give him Addison, and he's gonna learn kind of some more. Not that he needs more nuance, but he's just gonna play with next to. Listen, they get Addison. That offense is really, really disgusting. I mean, I know your profile is similarly to Smitty, but like like I talked about earlier, there's still multiple in the receiver room now. They can do whatever they want. They can That's add true. any profile they want and do whatever. I'm going to go Addison. I, I Personally, I don't think it's redundant in the receiver room. Maybe it is. I don't think so. But I just think the value that they would see is pretty frightening. Um and it'd be overwhelming for them to take him. No, I agree, but I mean, you look at the Chiefs at 31. I don't want him on the Chiefs. I don't want him on the Chiefs. That that was the motivation. <laughs> I'll be entirely honest. Yeah, I was thinking. I was like, like, does he follow this? Which realistically, I don't think he does. I think there's probably a run on receivers because we're going off value based off. You know, we're not all 32 front offices going against each other at the same time. We're one front office essentially. So. Addison, yes, it makes sense for Philly. Um, it also makes sense to not allow KC to get him. If this were a case and someone like Addison was there at 30, I think someone probably tra- trades up to jump um, KC, which would be really a realistic opportunity. Yeah, um, very, for a very team much so on day two. Um, but yeah, rounding out the mock here, we have the Chiefs. We've taken right tackles the first two times we've gone through this. They could use, you know, free safety. Um, you look at, obviously, wide receiver. Um, looking at the receivers that are on the board. Downs is really the top guy. I don't know if they go that direction, although they're a team that I can see maybe do that. But it's just... Right tackle. I don't know how we stray away from that need currently because I don't disagree. In terms of what they need and what makes that offense go, it obviously isn't the personnel out wide at receiver. As long as you have Kelsey and a serviceable O line, you're going to be in every game. Now, obviously, we don't know what that offense looks like without Kelsey, but I'm not planning for it to look like something without Kelsey because, as far as I know, Kelsey's going to play every game. Yeah. And have a huge impact. So regardless of what receivers are there, yeah, they lost Juju. And I think they have Kadarius Tony next season. And they have someone else that I can't think of. Uh MVS, but MVS, yeah. They have Isaiah Pacheco, who was really solid for them last year, granted being drafted in the seventh round. He was incredible for them with the value taken into consideration. So running back. Doesn't make sense here. I don't. It would. It wouldn't make sense to me for that that team to go Gibbs, and I just think they can wait on receiver. Their next pick is at 63. You can probably get a receiver there um, that they like that probably should have been you know a high second round guy. So I'm gonna go with Dewan Jones. I know it's I know it's repetitive, but it just makes the most sense in terms of what makes that team go. They lost Andrew Wiley 
probably their biggest loss. I'm not. I'm going to say he was a bigger loss than Juju, but it's just quick, that was a big loss for them. With Miles Murphy on the board, do they do it? Do they just sign a vet or take one later? I just, I, just for the sake of not being doing the same thing, I just right. Just because he's there, Brzee's there, and Murphy are there. That doesn't make sense. They lost Frank Clark. Um, Frank Clark's gone. Bud Dupree, I know I keep going back to Bud Dupree a few times, but well, he's he been linked to a lot of teams, right? Right. Yeah. He can he can produce, and he's probably not going to come in at a high number. Um, so that's always an option. That is a good point. They just, have, they just don't have anyone across from Karloff. This is my thing. I I don't right. know if I love having him be by. I know they have Chris Jones, but on the edge, be kind of by himself. Chris Jones was not at his best when he had to play outside last year. That's true. That is true. My only thought. Um, when, because I'm trying to think, they took um, Trent McDuffie and Karloftis. When did they take Karloftis? About? I think with their pick. So it was like, what, 29 or whatever? Probably around there. Something. See, part of me, it's just like, they went there last year, and so I don't know if they want to go back there again, especially considering... Both their high picks last year were on defense. But if there's a position, if there's a position, you do it at its edge. But I get what right. you're saying. I I don't disagree. But to you, we can go Jones. I'm not I'm I'm not saying we shouldn't. I would just just for the sake of the conversation, Miles is here and he usually is. Right, and I think you those picks would make sense. I just I don't know how I go away from right tackle given that how big of a need it is. Honestly any kind of tackle because they lost Orlando Brown too. So I think they're really searching for a tackle and right or left. I think they'll take it. They probably take another tackle in the fourth or so. And I do think edges is need. A sw- as um, just as a swing guy in case Taylor right. gets hurt. Yeah. Right. Um, but I, I just think they need a right tackle. They need to solidify that O line. And I think that'll be more beneficial than an edge that you could probably get on day two. Fair enough. So that uh, concludes a marathon of a Mock Draft Monday 3.0. Um, a hair over two hours, I think, when we're closing it out here. 31 picks. Um, you know, obviously, we had three trades between Indianapolis and Arizona, between Detroit and Minnesota, and between Baltimore and Houston. Moving guys around, moving up for guys. Um, next week, we're going to pick up right where we left off, Mock Draft Monday 4.0. We're going to have the second round of this mock draft so it will be faster right right we got in the so, weeds today like the ravens will have the 33rd pick um i'm sure we'll have a couple other trades hopefully we have aaron Rodgers trade by then uh, i don't know if we will but hopefully we do guys are still on the board brian brzee miles murphy josh downs felix anadike ozama will mcdonald bj ojalari cam smith uh at a bar is you know are all kind of the big names. But I'll pretty much wrap it up here today. If you're still listening, um, we do have an episode coming out Friday. It's going to be episode 45, I want to say. Yep. We're going to be we're going to be talking about college baseball for the first time this season, and we're going to give a preview and a few other things. Obviously, you know, a Masters, a big time Masters, a uh, preview and kind of outlook depending on when we record. 
um, as that's going on down in Augusta, Georgia, starting on Thursday. Tiger Woods is already there practicing. So Scotty Scheffler already played a round today at Augusta. Um, so a lot to talk about on the episode. Um, yeah, stay tuned. Not much else to say. Follow us on social media at Cold Sea Podcast on Instagram and Twitter to stay up to date with most of the latest. Uh, we're not going to have every little bit, but most of the latest, uh, you know, breaking news as it pertains to the major sports. Yeah. Um, yeah, like you said, wraps it up. Put a nice bow on it. We will, uh, like I said, definitely be shorter next week. Can I get into the weeds and some of the picks today? Um, that's all right. That's how I'm doing the mock live sometimes. Um, got kind of caught up with the picks, and that's, I think this kind of shows um, kind of a lens and just kind of the passion that we both got for the whole draft thing right now. And, um, you know, feel free to break it up into two listens. But, um, yeah, we'll see you guys on Thursday-ish, Thursday, Friday with uh, Cold State episode 45. Yeah, see y'all soon.